LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. And all right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, back with you guys again. It's Monday. And folks, I tried really, really hard to do like an ask me anything all just hours long ramble the other night. And we ran into some tech problems. I had an echo on there. And let me just say, please, I, I don't have any studio support at all. So. When I'm live and I'm riffing and I'm trying to do a show and there's an echo, just trust me when I say this, there's not much I can do to fix it. I'm just a dude by myself trying to riff and control all the other things. So bear with me. Okay. So anyway, let's get to pragmatism real quick. This, this, this whole word has been driving me crazy. And it drives me crazy because every time election time comes around, we're always told to be pragmatic. And, you know, I, th there's value in pragmatism, right? I mean, as a parent, you want to be pragmatic with your kids. As a you know worker, you want to be pragmatic. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. You want to be pragmatic with, uh, you know, your work and realistic time frames and you really want to be realistic about what you're dealing with in fact you want to be realistic about everything you do to some degree there has got to be i guess aspirational and so forth but what i want to talk about is something that i feel i feel is empirical at this point there is nothing nothing you can point to right now not well maybe you can i can't there's nothing pragmatic about our guy, you know, Joe Biden. There's just nothing pragmatic about this cat at all. And, you know, I'm looking at us and we're always perpetually pissed, aren't we? We're perpetually let down. We're perpetually dissatisfied. We're perpetually with, you know, just completely and utterly disaffected by the political environment and the political apparatus that we are forced to participate in. We have no agency. There's no way you can show me that we have made any kind of an impact on the Democratic Party or for that matter, politics as a whole. Right? In fact, you can even see evidence to the contrary if your eyes are open, right? I mean, the, the environment is burning up for sure. Hey, thank you so much, Double K. Um, the environment is burning up. We know this. Um, we have war raging for resources. Sadly, I'm not sure that we all know this, but it it's a resource issue. It's a control issue. It's not a money issue. Um, it's really about ensuring that the United States, once again, is large and in charge um, and are backing through proxy Ukraine for reasons that for those people that are just sympathetic to the human beings that live in each country, you may think of it through a different set of lenses, but strategically what the United States government and Jolton Joe Biden and the gang are doing are they're putting their money behind a horse that can destabilize Russia because at the end of the day, the United States is trying to maintain hegemony.
That's the deal. It's that simple. Doesn't have to get all complicated. You don't have to know everybody's serial number in the Azov battalion to have a clue. You don't have to know their firstborn and you don't have to know the lineage of some random lieutenant. Okay. You just don't have to. I mean, it's just ridiculous to think you've got to know that stuff to have a take on Ukraine and Russia and the world around you and, and not be an idiot. You don't need to know for real the shoe size of a general. You just don't. All right. Anyway, enough puns there. But, you know, every time I see the Joe Bidens and the Democrats coming out there and it's like it, it feels like they're trying to push us away push us away from the political process like by completely and utterly focusing on things that and, and focusing on them in a way that do not serve us in any way shape or form we're we're left with this constant longing this constant not happy and so my thoughts are this modern monetary theory stuff we talk about has got two purposes in my mind and only two, only two. One is to inform those that would like to pass massive progressive legislation and to disabuse the world of myths and legends, which is a very important thing. That's number one. But number two, and this might be the more important part of it, when your government doesn't serve you, and you've got no evidence whatsoever that elections net results that would benefit you. What does MMT do for us when your elected officials neither will acknowledge it, will not create policy with it in mind, and will continue to fake like the country is broke, etc.? To me, the most important part of this is pragmatism. By showing everyone what they could do versus what they are doing, it is my sincere hope that millions are radicalized. Millions are radicalized against a system that doesn't represent them, doesn't listen to them, serves capital, does not serve we the people, has no interest in our well-being whatsoever unless they can give it a veneer See, this plays heavily into some other very, very important concerns as well. And that is this battle of woke versus unwoke, right? Tulsi Gabbard being a champion for white tears and white fragility out there fighting the good fight against anti-white racism, because you know that's a very important subject to get on top of, right? Right. Anyway, this whole idea of woke versus woke is really not about people being aware of the system. It's really, unfortunately, as I've talked to anti-woke people, what they're envisioning as quote-unquote woke, which is not what woke is, but what they have tried to cast it as, is when you go to work and they have a diversity class or something that you have to go to. Or when the Democrats go down on one knee with a Kenty cloth. That's weaponized identity politics. That's not woke, okay? In fact, I think I regret using the term woke as a white person because, quite frankly, it was a black thing talking to one another about their experience. 
about what's going on in there. And, and unfortunately, because typical white people co-opt and destroy so much, you know, it, it really does create this weird veneer because there's nothing the Democratic Party can't do that isn't surface level, that is absolutely unsatisfying, zero calorie kind of activism that they do. I mean, AOC wearing a eat the rich dress at a fundraiser where billionaires are just simply empty, right? The same thing with uh, the Kenty cloth stuff. Yeah, we're acknowledging whatever, but it's really bullshit once again, right? Each step along the way, the Democrats will co-op struggle. They will put it into a nice pretend veneer that people that aren't woke can stomach. I want to show you this. Uh, this right here is, a, um, in my opinion, a very important picture. Um, it's on my Twitter feed, which means that it's probably not seen by most. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take us there momentarily anyway. And I hope, hope in the end that this picture gives you guys an idea of what's going on with the Democratic Party. And this, to me, is why pragmatism is such a misnomer. It, it, exactly, Jules, they have stolen the word progressive. It's time to not allow that anymore, right? But this right here, this right here is, to me, the ultimate, the ultimate uh I don't even know what you want to call it. This right here is the ultimate picture of the Democrat, the vote blue, no matter who right there. See that VBNW? See that? That right there is the ultimate in Democratic things. It doesn't get much more Democrat than that, does it? And, and you've got the boutique bourgeois, you know, stuffy upper class limousine liberal walking right over top of the homeless man with her white bourgeois dog pissing on the homeless man, okay? But it's like this whole elitist culture. What could be more elite, right? And there you go. And here she says, I believe in a better world. That's why I always vote Democrat, right? That's not to say you should vote Republican, but this is, this picture is it. The minute you ask somebody to sacrifice, to diminish any of their comfort, they're done. They check out. It's over. There is no class solidarity. There is no class struggle. There is no nothing, right? And so when we talk about pragmatism, that's what you're dealing with, folks. Your voters out there, that's what you're dealing with. I mean, seriously. This is what you're dealing with day in and day out. Day in and day out, this is what you're dealing with. And when I see, you know, the Bobsy twins and all the buddies going out and having mimosas and stuff and, oh, oh, you look so good, girl. Talking about the coach bags and all the other shit, right? That is who you have to caucus with if you want to get anything done, because they make up nine-tenths of the Democratic Party, okay? That is the people that are leading the party. That is all the people that are empowering the party, and that is their sensibilities. Now, they may be better 
in whatever fashion you want to come up with than the Republican Party. But wouldn't it just be better? Wouldn't it just be better? Wouldn't it just be better to put out the notion of what is possible and make those kinds of people squirm when they realize that they could save lives, but they can't let their skinny latte, their quad venti white mocha, they can't let that, you know, go. They can't skip that. Yeah, exactly. There is no class solidarity because they don't believe they're part of the working class. And in fairness, they're part of the bourgeois. And yes, and here you go. Stephanie, Fadel, and Bill have been saying this. Envision, imagine what Fed government could be doing for us. Now, here's the thing. My entire activism has been spent telling you guys what, to imagine what the federal government could be doing for us, okay? I have been in the, the trench, in the, the muck of regular people dealing with the lack of understanding of the fact that the federal government can spend money into existence, can literally do anything that's affordable, that's purchasable in U.S. dollars. But alas, people like this, if they have to go against the party, if they have to be resistant for real to their own party, if they have to actually do something other than just say, yeah, I bought this really cool T-shirt and like, I don't know, like I totally like believe in the environment and stuff. You know, I'm like, totally. You know, if, if that is all they're going to give you, this is what you and I have to overcome to get legislation passed. You ain't overcoming that, folks. You are not overcoming that. And I've spent so much time explaining to all that the problem is, is that the minute it requires effort, the minute it requires more than just somebody running off and doing their own little soloist thing with their sign in their hand and then going home, the minute they have to actually organize and work together, it's done. It's done. They're not going to sacrifice anything ever, ever, folks, ever, like ever. History has shown again and again and again, whenever people who have a little bit of means have their back against the wall. Their first order of priority is to protect what they have, not to save anybody's life, not to put the needs of the rest of the people ahead of their comfort. It just isn't going to happen. And it's not pragmatic to think that it will. They want pragmatism. They will preach pragmatism to you. Hillary Clinton put herself out there as she's a progressive who gets things done, a pr pragmatic progressive. We must be pragmatic. Well, pragmatism is, is that you must understand that the Hillary types are not going to sacrifice for you at all. They're definitely not sacrificing for me at all. And in fact, if you remember the whole Pumas from back in the day when Obama ran, they were ready to freaking burn it down, do whatever they had to do. They didn't care. There was no solidarity there. It was pantsuit power all the way. It had nothing to do with class solidarity whatsoever because they are not that. They're Saks Fifth Avenue. They're buying their $1,000 outfits. More than that probably, right? They're on all their massive vacations and, try, and they cannot. 
folks, they will not, cannot be bothered to break from that. And it's like taking a brick wall and banging your head against it repeatedly, thinking that you're going to shame these rich fucks into supporting people that are suffering. It's crazy to believe you're going to somehow or another convince them that the federal government can do all these things when their vote Biden, their vote Hillary, their vote Kapmala, their vote Buttigieg didn't say it for them. You have no agency. In fact, I know people, and I know people in our chat right here, by the way. I know people right here, okay? I know people right here whose own mothers listen to them and ignore them when they talk about MMT, walking down the street with their dogs. Ignore them because it's not said on The View or it's not said by their favorite neoliberal politician. In fact, even within the MMT space, there are people who are investors that are doing pretty well, doing pretty well. And they're concerned about the stock market and they're concerned about all these other things too, right? They're, they're not going to sacrifice to lose their spot in the pecking order either. I don't know whether you call it human nature or what, but I'm telling you, the way the system is set up, those who are left out, those who get run over by the system and get shit out, they're dying, they're hurting. And one of the things that you know I feel is really important is that people don't listen. And my need to survive is far greater than their need to not hear the information. And if they're not hearing the information and we're going, well, we tried, well, we, we gave it a shot. That's not pragmatic either, unless you're just willing to die. Unless you're willing to say, well, we just weren't prepared to hear the message, guys. And that means that we die. So let's just die civilly, okay? Let's die quietly. Let's die politely. Let's die politely. Hey, Cheryl, I, I'll send you that. I'll send you the uh, cartoon offline. But the idea, the idea that you can change any of these upper class bourgeois Democrats to meaningly, meaningfully fight for the things that we need is ridiculous because what will they do? They will immediately tell you it's not pragmatic. Now, the, the thing that they that I've had experience with, and I'm not even gonna lie, it grossed me out to the point where under different circumstances, I might have reacted really, really harshly, okay? And what they'd said out loud, and this is just regular people talking, but they said, don't get bogged down in the poor today. They don't vote anyway. And they're a lost cause. There's nothing we can do for them. We gotta think about the future. You just gotta let them go. I'm not joking. Can you imagine being on the Titanic with them as the poor trying to get off the bottom of the boat? And they're out there in the life raft saying, ha, we'll have to, we, we can't be worried about them. They're already dead. I swear to God, I'm not making that up. And if you know that that's literally how they think, 
if you literally know that's how they think and i'm telling you i don't need any more i don't require additional information i've done my research and development i know the sensibilities of the bourgeois are if it is not high vibration if they're not excited if they're not happy and perky if it's not positive and uplifting count them out they don't want to hear what i'm talking about today they don't want to hear about anything about the struggle of people that are really dying because of the tone deafness of the bourgeois. They don't want to hear any of this. They're not going to join in solidarity to make Medicare for all happen. They're not going to join in solidarity to make a green new deal happen. They're not going to join in solidarity to literally bring about the rise of unions, they're not going to stand in solidarity to do any of this stuff if it inconveniences them in the least. During the primaries, you'll get a false positive. This is the way it works. You get a false positive during the primary that they're on your side. Fist in the air, they're ready, they've gone to the protest, they got the selfie, they got the sign, you name it. But the minute it comes time to hold their feet to the fire, to force a vote, to demand they address our needs. It's no longer pragmatic. It's no longer in play. And now you're the bad guy. And now you, who were busy walking side by side with them during the protest, you who are busy fighting for health care for all, you are now going to be accused of being a Republican because you did not fall in line and just go along with the neoliberal order. This is what they call pragmatism. Fight like hell during the primary, but come together and unite for the general, right? You've heard it before, haven't you? I know you have. I know you have. So if that's the case, we have a choice. And I want you to think about what I'm saying here. We have a choice of sitting around and waiting for the bourgeois to be willing to be uncomfortable, which will not happen. Or we can organize outside of their party that they hold tight and keep us out of and eliminate our voices. I was talking to my wife the other night and I was telling her, I was like, you know something? Biden and the gang are busy stirring hornet's nests up. In just a short period of time, Biden went out and called Pakistan the most dangerous nation in the world. No discussion about Pakistan suffering massive flooding. Okay? Nothing said. None of it. Why is that? Why is it that Biden comes out and says that Pakistan is the most dangerous nation? but does not come out and say, holy shit, millions, hectares of acres, I mean, just massive amounts of land has been destroyed and flooded, roads destroyed, flooded, the little teeny bit of primitive infrastructure they have in Pakistan destroyed. They don't have the financial wherewithal to rebuild. They require help from the rest of the world. Biden, instead of saying, Pakistan doesn't have the wherewithal to maintain their nuclear arsenal. Okay. This right here is why. So you have a choice. We have a choice of just going along to get along. 
or really saying time is ticking, folks. We don't have time to wait for them to catch up. And we've got to do something else. And I got to be honest with you. The unfortunate thing is we've got the MAGA commies on the one side advancing insanity, advancing absolute insanity. Or we've got this small minority of people that understand modern monetary theory and haven't gone full-blown anti-intersectionality. If you remember, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago by now, I interviewed a brilliant lady named Lua Kamal. And Professor Yule, she is a just a brilliant woman. And she said, no change will ever happen, none, until white people are willing to lose something until white people are willing to make a sacrifice, until white people are willing to bite the bullet. Now, a lot of us white people on the bottom are people that are struggling because it can be deceptive, right? The way this system eats you alive, you could have been destroyed from the global financial crisis. You could have a great job, but you maybe went through a divorce like millions of people in this country do. You could have massive amounts of child support that you didn't expect to do because you thought you'd be in your family forever. And now you're living in a fucking cardboard box trying to keep up with your bills, all the arrears, everything else. And so it can be very deceptive, this whole concept of income and whether or not somebody is capable or whatever, right? So the world we're in right now if we're not willing to unite and fight back outside of the party, real honest to God, class struggle, supporting unions, getting involved and helping lift unions, of getting involved and working together to teach one, each one teach one, each one reach one, get people radicalized, get them understanding that the government could do this stuff, but they're not. Get them understand, because I'm telling you right now, Randall Ray said, yeah, they know, they know this stuff. The Congress knows this stuff. Talking to John Yarmouth, he says, yeah, Congress, they know this stuff. Talking to Warren Mosler, he's like, yeah, they know this stuff. Talking to all the groups, yeah, they know this stuff. Okay? So when you know that they know, but they won't do, Someone's got to educate the public so that if you believe that they ever would do something, that they have a clean pathway to do it. I, however, don't believe that Congress was ever actually put up there to actually serve us. If they were, there would be no Senate. But because we've got a Senate, which is absolutely an undemocratic body that counteracts the suit. Sorry, folks, rough connection there. Anyway, it's very important to recognize that if we don't take steps outside of waiting for Democrats to get on board, if we don't make demands without worrying about whether we piss them off, we're not getting anything. That's pragmatic. Pragmatism is if you really need to solve the climate crisis, if you really need to solve health care, if you really need to upend this neoliberal order, staying within it and expecting somehow or another 
for it to just heal itself is the most unpragmatic thing I have ever heard in my life. Go vote, go do whatever you got to do, but just know full well that in order to make the change, you have got to become something that they fear. You must create fear that something's going to happen one way or the other, that the people are so serious that they want to live, that they're willing to fight to the death to ensure that they get health care, that they're willing to fight to the death to ensure that we have climate crisis dealt with, that they're willing to deal with that on a basis that exceeds electoralism, that they're willing to do what must be done to make it happen. This is not a matter of just, you know, we have a difference of opinion. No, your life and death struggle is real, and it is something that should not be ignored. But the people from that cartoon, this cartoon right here, let's put it up one more time. The people like this woman right here, okay, are, I believe in a better world. That's why I always vote Democrat. White dog pissing on the homeless man, et cetera, walking right over him, right? I'm telling you right now, I literally sat there when I worked in Philadelphia. And when I was in Philadelphia, I would walk from the uh, main central station, Penn Station, exactly one mile, one mile, one full mile. I would walk up John F. Kennedy Boulevard towards the Comcast Center because I worked on like the 45th floor at Comcast back in the day. I was a program director. And when I was walking, I saw out of the corner of my eye a lump in the sidewalk. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm watching people walk over the lump, walk around the lump, just keep on walking, look at the lump and keep on walking. And I'm like, please, dear God, tell me that's not a dead body. Please, dear God, tell me that is not a dead body. And as I got closer and closer, my fears were immediately, you know, affirmed a homeless person had died right there on the sidewalk in central Philadelphia. And I'm walking on my way to work. And so, because I'm not a wretch, I made a phone call. I got the police dude had been dead. He was frozen stiff. It was ice cold outside. He was dead. People just walking right by like he didn't even exist. That, that my friends is this. That's right there. That's what that is. It's exactly what that is. And every time I think to myself, hey, somebody didn't like my tone. Somebody didn't like how angry I am. Somebody, I'm an alarm clock, an unapologetic alarm clock. Who here likes their alarm clock at 530 in the morning when it goes off? Does anybody actually like it? I don't like it. I hate it so much that I put a goddamn formula. So I have to answer either math formula or take a pause or any number of things to turn mine off because I know I'll go back to sleep. Okay. People don't like alarm clocks, but we've got to be a human alarm clock. We have got to be the wake up call because first of all, the economics is like watching paint dry. It really is. Most people skipped it for a reason. They didn't like it. They didn't want to learn it. They didn't know that it was as important as it is, but they didn't want it. They didn't want to know it. They didn't want to learn it. The only way to make this stick for a lot of people, now the people that are willing to take it on the first sight, you're the few, the proud, 
you know, the 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 truly one percent that know about modern monetary theory, right? That understand the way federal finance works. You're one of the only ones. It's a small elite group of people, not elite in terms of financial or not elite in terms of any kind of housing or anything like that, but elite in knowledge to know how the federal government actually works, know how a fiat currency actually works and not be snowed by the headlines from the politicians or from the newspapers, et cetera. That is a truly small group of people, okay? You can get excited and, and listen to people that are all about tone and that's fine. If you wanna be gentlemanly as the tidal waves come through and sweep us away, be my guest. That's your prerogative to slow play us into fucking oblivion. However, some you got to be willing to sacrifice and maybe that means sacrificing people thinking you're the the nicest person of all time maybe that's people realizing that you're deadly serious that this crisis doesn't need to be maybe you're deadly serious and willing to really let people know no fuck no we're not changing the subject no we're not going to skip past healthcare no we're not going to skip past a Green New Deal. No, we're not moving on to the next subject. No, we're not going to fake around about how inflation is made by printing fucking money. No, we're going to talk about it seriously. And we're going to disabuse the lies because our lives depend on it, folks. This is not a gentleman's disagreement. This is not a gen uh, in any way, shape, or form. A uh, in any way, just something that is a mere difference of opinion. Right now, as a result of us not being effective and getting this shit changed and getting people to understand, and the resistance of our peers. People don't like me talking about our peers. They want me constantly punching at the phantom above. Yeah, bad system, the system, the fucking system. Uh, they want me always focusing up, not focusing down. But the problem is the system's doing what it does and it's not changing. It's gonna require the people here, us, we, the people to make demands and really follow through on it. So if that's the case, who do I need to be talking to? Oh, Beelzebub. Ah! No, it's us. It's the people amongst us that refuse to listen, that refuse to learn, that refuse to be effective, that stay on the sidelines talking about what Joe Biden said, what Blaney said, what AOC said. So and so said. They said it. They said it. Honestly, God, they said it. Right? We can't allow that kind of low info person to kill us, <laughs> to put us into oblivion, to wipe us off the map with fecklessness. We can't allow that. We cannot allow ignorance to be the reason we die. I don't want to die for that. I work too goddamn hard learning this stuff. Don't make me die with a brain full of this shit. Let's get it done, right? I am not joking. When I look out there for the first time, and I mean, I was so happy. I saw Jen Perlman. After, I mean, how many times have I been on that show? And she's been on our show. I saw her put out the most epic tweet the other day talking about how the states and local governments require taxes to fund themselves while the federal government can do it on its own. I was like, 
whoa, this is amazing. This is amazing. And she got peppered by tons of people saying, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. She got to experience it firsthand. The whole pushback, the whole flailing about, the whole yelling and screaming, the weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're so sure they're right. But they're wrong. You know? And if you don't know how to explain it, you're not going to each one teach one. Okay? If you don't make them realize how exciting and important this is, how necessary it is, they'll continue to pat you on the head and say, oh, God, here comes that Amway salesman doing multi-level marketing again. Instead of, hey, the dude knows his fucking econ, right? Holy shit. Does it make you crazy or is it just me? When you think about people always talking about follow the money and you come through and you say, hey, listen, we understand econ. Let us show you how it is. And we say, let's follow the money. And what do they do? They go, no, no, no. They pr the government printed money and therefore we have inflation. We're all going to die. We got to now pay the piper. Now the bills come in. All that reckless, feckless spending, blah, 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 et cetera. <laughs> Damn right. Now you're talking, girlfriend. That is exactly it. We have to make a stink and not be afraid. Now, now, let me tell you honestly, there is a lot of people, myself included, who I have tons and tons of people that are relying on me, family-wise, organization-wise, et cetera. I may have to make different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I may have to make different sacrifices. You know, maybe my sacrifices look different. Maybe it's more about, uh, you know, time commitment and 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 bringing people together. Or maybe somebody else's is, hey, I don't have a job or kids. I can go out there and get arrested. Or, hey, I don't have a this. I'm willing to do a that. Hey, I, I have nothing but time on my hands. Or, hey, I've got skills in uh, creating digital graphics. Or, hey, I'm a, a wizard in IT and I can build the stuff behind the scenes to connect everyone. Whatever right? Everybody's got something to bring to the table. But if I see you not realizing that the Democratic Party is nowhere near taken over by leftists, okay? Let's just dispel that right now. Let's just dispel that right now. There is no one, there is no one at all who should be telling me that progressives have taken over the Democratic Party. In fact, we have like almost no representation of any variety in the Democratic Party. Joe Biden will go out of his way to make sure that you know he ain't a socialist like that asshole Bernie Sanders. He ain't a socialist, so don't call him a socialist, right? Get in, Jack. We're going out and buying a Corvette, right? I'm telling you right now, in order for us Hold on, let's see here. Cheryl, she says, call them out as misinformed and then inform them of the truth or two peddling lies. They get to choose which. Yep, I agree with that 100%. But the idea, I, I, I want you to think about it. They're going to come at you with pragmatism. Now, what are you pragmatic about? What is your goal here with pragmatism? 
are you being pragmatic about the possibility of the Democratic Party suddenly changing and saving us from ourselves? Or are you pragmatic about the fact that unless we organize outside of the political process so that we're not given to the ebbs and flows of elections, if we're not building institutions like Linwood Toheed even talks about, you know, we have to have institutions, okay? We have to have parallel institutions. And instead, we, we are crabs in a barrel. There are people that won't support an organization trying to do this stuff because they didn't start it. And if they didn't start it, if this isn't their idea, they're not getting on board. I remember we had Bottle Kaboob drive out here to Pennsylvania. And he brought with him uh, his friend who he works with. And he plays guitar and, and so forth, Alan. And we did a Green New Deal uh, pan, all day thing, a big rally. There wasn't very many people that showed, though. We had reached out to our friends in Lancaster. They weren't interested. They weren't coming. Come to find out a lot of pettiness, a lot of uh, nonsense, right? And so they wouldn't come. And then because of the location, it didn't have good public transit to get to. And whammo. What happens? Unfortunately, you end up with no one there. So this is part of the problem with organized. Here, let's see something, Matt. You're asking people to give their lives for a future that doesn't exist. Well, then they shouldn't be worried about giving their lives if the future doesn't exist. Uh, what's the other one? Okay, so who makes the challenge? Who stands with weapons? Mm -hmm, me? So it's okay to throw me under the bus? The question that needs answered. If you're a bourgeois, if you're this person, Matt, if that's who you are, if you support people like that, then maybe you are the problem. I mean, I don't want you to be the problem, but that, you know, if that's, if that's who you are, then yeah, you kind of are the problem. And so maybe, maybe we bypass you if that's who you are. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. And nobody said weapons. So why in the world would Matt bring out the word weapons? That's bizarre. That's really bizarre. The idea is that we haven't taken to the streets ever. We have not done anything ever in terms of really meaningfully stepping up to Congress, marching in DC, stepping out in our and building community groups where we talk about this stuff to our local, uh, you know, friends, door, you know, fuck door knock, do the things you do for a politician, but do it for something real instead of this fake bullshit that you think you are doing a good, noble thing to support. It's horseshit. Stop patting yourself on the back for bullshit. Okay. It doesn't take much to pat ourselves on the back for falling in line. It doesn't take much to pat ourselves on the back for being feckless and being the fearful one that's afraid to actually do something useful to make change. It doesn't take a pat on the back to tell us that most people won't do anything. It's a ridiculous amount of nonsense. Oh, he's asking me to do something hard. Yeah, we're going to fucking die, dude. That's the deal. And if you're not, if you're so comfortable that you can't sacrifice some time to help write an article or write to somebody or help uh, organize a protest or help uh, make phone calls to help get volunteers engaged or, or do something, if that's so much of a sacrifice for a future that you won't get, then you, we've got totally different. We, our aims couldn't be more not, not aligned. <laughs> not aligned, right? I mean, if you think that it's okay, as long as you're okay, that people die, 
if you're cool with that, if you're cool, yeah, yeah, man, it's all good, man. If that's what it is, then I think it's very important to understand that people are not going to do this naturally. People have to realize the danger and the, the absolute necessity of the moment. If they're comfortable, they're not going to care that you're dying. They don't care. They don't care. In fact, they don't care, right? They really don't care. They don't care. And so for those who do care, for those who claim to be caring, for those who claim to give a shit, you got to prove it. Saying it and doing it are two different things. We have to do, well, hold on. You can't make your wants known and then have no plan, no answer. Are you fucking kidding me? What the hell are you talking about? Do you have any historical understanding? That's insane, dude. What What in the world? I mean, dude, are you, I'm for real, like, what is, what is the, you know, just going to go vote and go back home and watch Netflix? What the fuck? Unlike Matt here, we've actually created two nonprofits. Very hard to get volunteers to help support them, though. Very, very hard. Very, very hard to get them funded. And it's even harder to get people to show up daily and get work done, right? And so this is the challenge of the entire movement. People say, I'm never voting Democrat again. I'm never, but then they won't do anything. And then the people that just vote Democrats say they're all for a Green New Deal or whatever, but the minute push comes to shove and they have to show up with freaking locked arms in the middle of the street to block traffic, to prevent, to prevent a road or to create some sort of condition brings about the attention and being willing to consistently speak truth to power media social media face-to-face -face, rallies etc organizing on the back end connecting building the network developing direct action like a union by the way do you know unions do this too or they used to this was never a question unions understood don't be a fucking scab don't cross the picket line. But how many of these people would immediately cross the picket line? How many people would literally cross the picket line and step right over that dead person, a homeless person, because they're absolutely, oh my God, did homeboy just literally say I'm being ignorant intentionally of his point? No, I'm actually in front of people talking right now, making a point, okay? You start your own channel and create your point. I'm just over this negativity. You go fucking support Joe Biden. I'm sure he'll get you right where you need it. Okay. Joe will get you right out there where you need it. Right here. I think this is Joe Biden. This is your guy, man. There's your plan. Hey, plan successful. There it is right there. Hey, get in, Jack. The fuck? <sighs> anyway, long story short, folks. If we're going to always sit there and excuse our way out of doing something useful, and by useful, listen, we had a march for Medicare for all. Might have been 100 people that showed up. Might have been 100 people that showed up. People won't share things. They can't even hit the like button. And so that simple act of resistance, just simply doing 
supporting media that is saying, let's organize beyond the duopoly. Let's make let's make our demands and let's put together that manifest. I, I personally believe that we know wholeheartedly that capitalism is destroying the planet. The capitalism is destroying the environment. The capitalism, in particular, neoliberal capitalism is making us all suffer, that they've gotten to the point now where they're now eating into all the basic public services to expand markets because the regular markets have been saturated. And that's what it does. It just keeps and eats us alive. And if you're not willing to fight back on that, that's what we all get to deal with. That's exactly what we get to deal with. And so in double K, many of us are like that. We can't physically protest. So guess what? Some of us have to do stuff in the back end. Some of us have to do the media. Some of us have to do the donating. Some of us have to do the writing up of plans and putting together and organizing behind the scenes to the people that are physically able, each one to their own, right? Each one to their own need, each one to their own abilities. And we need to really start thinking about that. Oh God. All right. I, I, I can't even answer this guy anymore. He's it's quite clear that we've got somebody in here who's just all about the system, loves the system, willing to stay in the system. Anyway, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. Okay. You we've got to do that because you're not getting anything this way. You're not getting anything just sitting there going, hey activists stop talking about this stuff we're just going to go ahead and vote stop making us feel bad for being centrist and eating shit lib crap and stop stop making me uncomfortable okay stop making me uncomfortable that right there is what lua kamal already said so you already know this is the standard right there the standard is Oh, but, you know, you don't have a great plan. I'm not going to help bake the plan. I, it's got to be made for me so I can criticize it before I join to help. It's got to be written in out there and put out there in the public so Joe Biden and gang can send the CIA and the FBI your way. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's ridiculous to me that we can't even organize to get people to a Medicare for all rally. Okay. It's ridiculous that we can't get people to organize and show up in Washington, D.C. to say, we understand how fiat works and you have been starving us. We demand you serve us and then sit down in the middle of the road and don't move until they take us away. I mean, there's got to be something that brings about attention. Because right now we're being drowned out by social media algorithms. I mean, literally, I want you to understand. Every one of my videos, just my videos alone, gets approximately 500, and 500 to 525 views. That sucks. I see scrub 19-year-olds with a, a, a camera phone in portrait sitting in a room with dirty laundry getting 15,000 views, okay? We're talking about important shit, and we get 500. We get 500 every single time, 500 and approximately 100 to 140 likes. That's it. Now, we've got almost 14,000 subs, but that's what we get. We're being suppressed in the worst possible way. So without help to get the message out, if you agree with the message, it doesn't happen. Okay. And the worst part about this is, is that to get people out to these events, You've got to have a way of communicating as well, which is what we have is social media, Discord, Teams, 
Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Okay. We can't do it that way either. Why? Because people don't show up. They don't think it's their job to check in. They don't think it's their job to say hello. They don't think it's their job to network and build the, build the thing. Right. That's why we're always perfect. We're always slagging people that are trying to make a change. And we're simultaneously checking out and say, well, it's not a big plan. So I can't get behind it. The fact is you got to be part of making the plan. Otherwise it's just another dictator telling you what they're going to do. It needs to be the team. It needs to be we, the people. We need to talk to each other. We've been isolated. Give COVID its due. COVID kept us out of the game. We didn't get to see each other. We didn't get to hang out with, you, with each other. We didn't get to do anything. So we're stuck in this virtual world, even still, many of us, myself largely included. It has put me further and further and further into a virtual world versus a real physical touch world. We've got to somehow or another break through that. And get to people where they believe that we're serious. We look them in the eye and say, please, I know what's going on. Can I please tell you about modern monetary theory and show you our five-point plan on what we need to do that goes beyond the electoral process? Start getting people. Start putting things together. I would love to do this stuff. It just takes people not, you know, I've got people like just vanish for long periods of time, don't communicate, and you got to spend all the little bit of time you have catching them up to speed, and then they don't come back and they don't do anything. I mean, that's fucking unfair as hell, whatever. <clears throat> this whole system is unfair. Getting our own tribe, our own people to participate in it is unfair because they won't. Not in a meaningful way. And then you've got spouses that don't agree, and you've got families that don't agree, and you've got works and uh, other things that don't agree. And we got other organizations that don't agree. It's a lot of work to bring class solidarity together. You know, the idea of revolution requires something more than me just saying, we need a revolution. I'm not saying you're saying that because fact of the matter is that the material conditions aren't such and the people aren't ready for revolt. It doesn't matter whether you think that's the right idea or not. You've got to deal with the material conditions as they are. Oh, yeah. Marianne Garceau, freaking uh, Jeff Reisberg, uh, the Vermont AFL-CIO, David Van Dusen, uh, Liz Medina of the AFL-CIO. I have interviewed countless times George, I mean, Joe Burns, George Burns, Joe Burns as well, class union struggle. Please, look, my work, I've got over 200 episodes of Macro and Cheese where we talk to these people. Disgracefully, many people don't listen to it. And this is the most important work I've ever done. If, if it's not valuable, I'll stop doing it tomorrow because it's a lot of fucking work to do. But I talk to these people constantly. Then we put it up on our sister channel, uh, Real Progressives. And you can listen to all of these very important interviews. And I'm not doing them with the idea of let's just go along to get along. Every one of my interviews, I describe neoliberalism. I destroy neoliberalism. I talk about how the Democratic Party is not representing us. And I ask these experts, not just regular alt-media people. I'm talking about worldwide global experts, people in Pakistan, Iceland, Brazil, fucking Africa, Australia, all over the world, China. You know, my receipts are out there. You just got to take the time to listen. If you don't want to listen, the, we actually have curated transcripts. You can read the transcripts of all the podcasts. It'll help you. How do you join our group here? Somebody please drop the link in there for Matt because I would love for Matt to help us. 
for real. Like, I really genuinely mean this. Yes, absolutely. I agree with all that. So anyway, bottom line is, is that this right here is also released. So you all know on podcast. Now we've gotten it away from just YouTube because people don't want to have to sit there and stare at my ugly mug for the whole hour. So we have a actual podcast of the rogue scholar. You can get it. Look on any of the podcast platforms. The only one we don't have it on right now is SoundCloud, just because SoundCloud is a little different. It doesn't take the automatic RSS feed. Okay. But you can get us on Spotify. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Google. You know, you can even get us on Amazon. I think, I don't know. We just put it into a thing and it just sends our podcast out. So please rogue scholar is available in podcast form as well as macro and cheese, all my crazy ideas and things that I'm talking about. They're not really crazy. And that really my ideas I'm taking them from other people and I'm putting them together into one synthesized message that I'm attempting to try to bring out through these podcasts in hopes that I engender some sort of interest to get people to come up, show up and help us. Because if we had all the answers, we would already be done by now, but we clearly don't. We're struggling, but we want it. See, the desire is half the battle because these people right here, these people right here don't really desire it. That's why they step over the damn homeless person. They don't really desire it at all. It's really more a matter of, hey, what is socially fun and acceptable, okay? So I am hoping, hoping upon hope that the little bits that I do in these hour-long pods here in some way, shape, or form help us because I live in a very red state too, folks. I mean, I am surrounded by Trump signs everywhere I go. And I've learned to manage to blend in some way, shape, or form so I can survive while simultaneously everybody knows I'm a flaming lefty, okay? And so I have to be respectful. I have to talk to MAGA every single day of my life. And you know what? It's tough, but they're part of the 99%, and they're part of the working class. Somehow or another, we've got to find a way to get to our friends, relatives, and community members and get them to understand this because so much of what is considered uh, real fights between Democrats and Republicans is nothing but a big lie baked in false understanding of the way the macroeconomics works. Right now, my brother wouldn't even let me get a word in edgewise as he tried to tell me about Biden's inflation. As much as I despise Joe Biden, I tried to set the record straight. He wouldn't listen to me. Okay. So I understand the struggle. The struggle is real. And with that, folks, I am going to get the hell out of here. I thought I was going to have more time. I just looked down and realized I am literally right up on the hour. So thank you all so much for joining me today. Uh, this week coming up, I, I think we've got a really, really um, fantastic pod coming for you all on Saturday. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag until I get a a headliner for next week and i'll go ahead and run it through here but just trust me macro cheese this saturday is going to be a banger and with that i am out of here if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the real progress in action youtube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org 